Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this is a week, I mean, every single week this winter, <laughs> we've had some sort of a storm event. I'm kind of tired of, of waking up and going, where did that come from? My goodness, it's a little chilly out today. I got to tell you, I really do like, uh, we've got this new, kind of new jackets, outerwear that have batteries installed in them. So, so if you get a little chilly, you, you're like underdressed a little bit, you need an extra layer. You can turn your, your uh, jacket on and it will actually start to heat up for you. It has a built-in heater. I've got pullovers, vests, full-on jackets, gloves. They all have batteries in them. And so just as long as you charge up the battery, they go pretty much all day. But th this kind of week, this kind of worked out. So I went to work, what was that, uh, Thursday, just, I should have had an extra vest on. I didn't. Now you turn your jacket on, it just heats up for you. It's like putting your bum against a fire, only it's right on your neck or right on your back. It's really nice. So this week we did actually see spring start. And so last week we saw the forsythia open up. This is a shrub about, eh, about chest high, maybe head high, covered in bright gold flowers, just bright like, like sunny, yellow flowers and it'll it'll bloom like that for a month six weeks then it starts to put on these nice green leaves this week the first of the trees started to bloom and so the trees are we're seeing a pink tree right now it's got uh, maybe mid-teens uh, so it's so 15 to 20 feet tall that's a bit optimistic 15 to 18 feet tall vase-shaped covered in pink flowers that is a purple leaf plum. It always blooms first in the tree seasons, so the tree section in spring. So that one will keep that, that, that pink flower on there for about a month. Then it will slowly start to bring on these purple leaves. So in about two weeks, you start to see purple leaves coming in. That's a mixture of purple and pink. It's very pretty. And then it, it just has this purple foliage that carries it right through the end of the fall season. And its fall color is purple. It's just a purple leaf plum. It's real pretty. It's ornamental. It doesn't really put plums on. Every once in a while, you can get a little cherry-sized thing on it. But if you want plums, plant an actual plum tree, and they'll form big size, like, like baseball size or, or uh, tennis ball size um, type of, of plums. That's one. Another one that's white that looks similar it's a little taller, so probably more in that 25 to 30 feet foot tall tree. That's a, it's got covered in white flowers. Same thing, it'll bloom for about a month, and then it will have these nice glossy green leaves show up. That one is starting to bloom all around town. These two trees kind of, they kind of race to see who can announce spring first. They're both very excitable. They like to go, it's, it's the day's long enough. Let's just bloom together. So that's an ornamental or flowering pear. Now, again, it doesn't put pears on. It puts just the, the pear flower. It has this nice green. It's a good shade tree, actually. 
gets up 30 feet tall, especially even for, for smaller backyards, like perfect. And it's a dense shade. So summer it's 95 degrees, you just want it to be cooler. Flowering pears are perfect for that. But it's claim to fame is in the spring for the white flowers and it's the last tree to turn red, like fire engine red, like bright, like turn the, turn the light switch on and look at glow red. It's the last tree to turn red in the fall of the year. So usually um, November, it's first part of December, it's actually been in red, that, that, that bright fall color. And then once it drops its leaves, fall is over, it's it. It's winter now, uh, bring on the holidays. So that's its claim to fame. The other one that will show up right after this, probably next week, the red buds will start to bloom. There's a, a short tree, again, it's a native type of tree, so it adapts really well, very drought hardy gets up to low teens, so maybe 10 to 15 foot tall. Kind of this beautiful umbrella shape to it. But the leaves are heart-shaped through winter, I mean through, excuse me, through summer. I've still got winter on the brain. Through summer, and so it has this drought-hardy, robust type of, of leaf to it. It looks delicate, but it is truly, I mean, you're going to kill that by overwatering it. Abuse it, neglect it. It's happy. Its companion plant would be a desert willow. They like, they like growing together. But it will bloom in this fuchsia, bright, bright pink flower next week, or, or in a few days. Let's put it that way. I'm tired of calling, when is spring going to be here? I'm getting a lot of folks going, I'm planting, should I cover things? So uh, the uh, Potentia, this is a cute little shrub about knee high, ball shaped with yellow flowers all over it from April through the end of the year. It's an amazing little plant that animals don't like to eat. Takes full sun, takes wind, dust, dirt, takes everything Arizona throws at it. Um, it's been leafing out for at least three weeks since since March, it started to leaf out. Not quite blooming yet, but it's definitely leafing out. That plant is fully leafed and people are going, do I need to protect it? No, it knows what it's doing. It wakes up when it needs to, it wakes up when it wants to, and it will start blooming early because that plant puts on foliage early. It starts to, leaf, it starts to uh, flower much earlier than let's say even roses do. Or, or Russian sage or some of these other, other blooming plants, it blooms at least three, four weeks ahead of those guys because it just has the ability to leaf out without being damaged and just take on that photosynthesis and start to create their flower buds sooner than other, let's say, autumn sage or some of these other plants do. So these plants, they, I don't, I'm getting folks say, oh, I, my, my roses are starting to leaf out. Do you need to worry? No, they know what they're doing leave them alone. They're going to keep leafing. And as soon as they start leafing, about 45 days later, they bloom. I mean, you can just count on it. In fact, right now, you should be finishing up pruning on your roses right now. Just there's an urgency to it. And as soon as you get done for, um, uh, pruning, you fertilize them. You can almost mark the calendar 45 days later. It's going to be in bloom. In fact, that's a little trick. If you, uh, if you go to wedding, and you, you know your date's gonna be June 1. You could back that up and really cut back, take all the flowers off, don't let it bloom. 45 days before that event, fertilize it, and it will just come into bloom and be 
riotous. It'll be just just beautiful at that marker. So try you can play with that some. So that's how we do at the farm. So I've got a, about a thousand roses showing up the last week in April. It's kind of a crapshoot. We're kind of test. We we kind of risk a little bit, but we'll bring them all. The, all of them will be in bloom all at once. It's 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 a hoot. It's if you're a gardener, you just go, oh my gosh, this is so pretty. We've timed it. So they all do that. And that's our little trick, 45 days. So we're bringing them in right then because we're probably out of the risk of frost. I don't know about this year, but probably. At least we can cover and protect them. And if it does frost, it's a light frost. It, it won't take, a frost will not damage roses when they're in full bloom, but it can take the flowers off. Well, we've invested all this energy and time and a thousand roses to come in when they're to bloom at once. We're, we're trying to set the stage for Mother's Day. So a couple weeks prior, we bring in all these roses because you want you want some color in the yard. Well, there's nothing more fragrant than a rose. So we, we tie, we strategize this. We don't bring them in earlier. We could have them blooming earlier if we so chose but then the risk of frost is always out there. And then we, it's too much work to keep them going. It won't damage the plant. It just takes the flowers off. Well, the reason we're doing this is to have them in bloom for, for a long time. So until they're inspired, until gardeners are inspired enough to buy them all and they leave the garden center and go bloom in your own gardens. So spring's here. I saw uh, a Washington, D.C., their flowers, the uh, flowering cherries just opened up. The, our local cherries just opened up as well. So local, there's a wild cherry that blooms. So the flowering cherries will start opening up more and more and more as the days start getting longer and the, the, the days get a little brighter, warmer. They'll start blooming. So it is time to plant and enjoy flowering trees in your yard. We've got Lisa Waters Lane coming up in the studio right after this. Let's take an important break. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Columbine, Purple Plum, and our Prescott Poppies. These silk beauties look delicate, but really one of the toughest bloomers in the gardens. These wildflowers come in vivid colors of orange, red, pink, and white that are ideal for the hard-to-grow areas in your yard. You're going to love your backyard again. Prescott poppies can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. The place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week with your garden questions. What are people talking about? What's going on in the yard? There have been some good questions, so sure. you can tell folks are really thinking it throughout there, some in depth. Mm -hmm. I think part of that is 
Oh, welcome to the studio, Lisa. Oh, well, thank I you. I got into a brain of going, why Why <laughs> is that? Why do people ask such a... They're thinking about it. Thinking it through. Well, I think they're doing a lot of research. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you have to untrain people going, no, 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 not that. It, this is what we're, this is what it is. Oh, no, well, the internet says. I'm going, Google's an idiot. This is what it really, truly is what it is. I'm going, no, no, I'm sure. I've looked. I already researched. I'm going, okay. It's what that is. You want to know how to solve it? Here you go. This is what this is. This would be a better plant. So I had a customer with uh, just just before the show had uh, boxwoods they brought from California. Yeah. They all died. Going, well, are there different kinds of boxwood? I said, yeah. Oh, uh, well, there's like fifty. I don't know. There's yeah, I don't know how crazy. many innumerable. And you got the wrong ones. But these were cheap. Exactly. They're not so cheap when you have to replace them every <laughs> single year. Just pay a little more, get a better heart mountain hardy variety, right. and enjoy them for decades to come. Why frustrate yourself? But she did her homework, had to go, no, you you still you don't want that one. Right. You want this is the one. Look, it's out here. It's got frost on it. It's happy. Dude, this is the one. The other one, anyway, it's just interesting how things changed over the they do. Right. Hmm. I can't imagine being a doctor. Oh my goodness, yeah. So many people I'm sure <laughs> diagnose themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you think we have it bad. Or a veterinarian. Yeah. I don't know. Is that another one of what else? What else is like that? Probably anything anymore. I don't I know. I guess so. Anyway. We're all experts. It is We're pretty cool to watch. I know it's time to buy or invest in something or do do something. When I've spent like the last I don't know. 80 hours of my life researching, looking at it over the last like month. I'm going, okay, that's it. I, I obviously want one. Time to drive a new, time to get a new, try to plant this new. It's time. Mm -hmm. What kind of garden questions we got? Sure. <laughs> Enough about this. Enough of this. Society has changed. <laughs> Surprise. So. <laughs> So Jennifer lives in Congress. Congress, you're awesome. And she would like to know, would a lilac grow okay in Congress? Okay. If not, what else would you recommend? Oh, so I think I think lilacs would do splendidly right there. It's perfect. I think you'd do fine. So it's you get you get that cold air spilling off of yarnell, kind of spilling down on top of you. I think you'd be fine. Lilacs have a surprisingly deep taproot. Mm -hmm. And so I, it'd definitely be worth the try. The question really comes down to, do you have a spot? Where's the sun? Well, it take full sun and it's 105 out, mm -hmm. which I think it'd be fine. You just have to watch your watering because uh, you're probably 10 degrees warmer. Well, five degrees warmer than, war than Yarnell. You're five degrees warmer. Yarnell's five degrees warmer than, say, Skull Valley. And Skull Valley's five degrees. It's, it's a little bit warmer. Like a zone nine there? Yeah, I think they're, yeah. 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 So pretty warm. Yep. What do you think? I think there's other plants that you could put in oh. that would be happier. Butterfly bush. Butterfly bush. The smoke crepe bush. Myrtle, crepe myrtles. Yeah. There's a ton uh, of them. Rose of Sharon. Yeah. Uh, and you would get a longer bloom time. Yeah. True. Because, I mean, lilacs are wonderful. They do terrific up here in the Quad City area. Um, but a little lower, like Wickenburg, Congress, I would say. I maybe. think if you want to try that, go with the miniature variety. Yeah. The repeat blooming variety. And plant it in, let's say, an east side or next yeah. to a, a covered patio. I bet they'd be fantastic. That's a good idea. So yeah. it's worth a, worth a try. Mm -hmm. And then report back to us. You never, Jennifer. You never tell a gardener. How they no. do. That's right. I <laughs> never tell them whether they can or can't. What do you mean I can't grow a saguaro up in, in the pines? 
Well, it's never been done before, but go for it. Okay. They'll, they'll prove it. Okay. Five years later, going, you said I couldn't do it. Look, okay. it's in a pot. They put it in their greenhouse. <laughs> doing all kinds of crazy stuff to make it, make it go. But hey. All right. Next question is from Ron in Prescott. He wants to know if he can grow grapes in containers and will they still produce fruit in a container? Um, he just said it's so hard to dig in a soil. He's trying to do it to easy. Ron, Ron, Ron. Get a jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can grow grapes in, in a container. A big pot for mm -hmm. sure. Even a smaller pot. They make new varieties that are coming out that are meant to be dwarfed. Mm -hmm. Same with blackberries. They're meant to be shorter. Raspberries, blueberries. These are all fruiting things that that uh, do well in a smaller confined area. Uh, I think you could, in, a, in a bigger pot, let's say two feet across by two feet down, it's probably unlimited. You grow whatever you want, a Thompson, uh, a Hemrod, a, a, a Concord, they'd all be really great in, in a container and they, they will produce. Uh, you'll have to be careful in a container in that once they have fruit, once a, any plant has fruit on them, they're more sensitive. Mm -hmm to to underwatering so you want to be spot on with that irrigation but you're, you're using a container you're close to the house it's easier to, mo to monitor those than it is way out there against the fence or something so i think ron it's worth the try uh, i'd say look at the dwarfed varieties of grapes uh, typically they're seedless uh, shorter varieties that produce the fruits might be a little bit smaller but they'll be sweeter because all that sugar is going to be condensed in a, in a smaller fruit. But I think they do. My mouth's watering just thinking about them. Actually, Monrovia grows a, um, they call it their Zestful series. Yeah, right. And it's actually like a normal size grape. Uh, very, very sweet. Very good. But so, so Ron, that would be. Look at Zestful grapes. Mm -hmm. We'll have them. Do we have them in right now? Not yet, but we'll they're, get them. Okay. They're coming. Grapes are a little late, little late to kind of leaf out. Yeah. So there's just twigs in a bucket. <laughs> we'll leave them at the farm so they can leaf out you know, a week or two earlier, kind of inspire folks. Mm -hmm. But I know we've got blackberries and raspberries in right now. Quite oh, a few do. blueberries mm -hmm. you could plant right now. Strawberries galore. Mm -hmm. So you can all plant those. Start there, Ron, and then yeah. uh, kind of build up from there. There you go. <laughs> all right. Next question is from Stephen. He lost a large, uh, fairly good-sized pinion pine. Just oh, blew over in yeah, the wind. Yeah, that's hard. Uh, he wants to know what are the chances of finding another pinion in that 12 to 15 foot yeah. range and then his other question is will it actually transplant transplant well or should you go for yeah. something else uh, yeah uh so so Ron. steve Steve. Ron was last one. Steve, oh, this one. I'm trying so to keep confused. up. I kind of write them down so i don't forget <laughs> I don't miss <laughs> <laughs> so steve uh, um no it's not gonna you can't find a 12 foot uh pinion pine that's, the, that's why it's so hard when you lose a native that size, they can't be replaced. Right. I'm sure that we have some that are up head high, kind of our height in that range. You can, and then it will grow. If you're doing that, I would say go with the single leaf pinion pine. It's the one that they harvest the pinion nuts off of. Uh, it's kind of a little chubbier, less prone to blow over, less prone to scale, uh, bark beetles and that kind of stuff. Uh, you have to really ask, why did it blow over? Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it's shallow rooted. We need to dig a little bit deeper root, make sure that it drains so we can have a more substantial tree. So it's here for the next hundred years, like your last one was. Mm -hmm. Are there better choices? I've got uh, uh, some 
what alligator bark junipers that mm -hmm. are stunning right now and they're the females so they aren't going to produce the pollen like like some of them are notorious for these are the females they form the berries not the pollen and they're they're spectacular arizona cypress very fast grower deodor cedar mm -hmm. the fastest grower almost too fast sometimes there's some really good choices one of my favorites uh, there's two, basically one's a pine tree, Austrian pine. Mm -hmm. It's a long needle pine, gets a good four or five inch needle, but it holds its foliage right down to the ground. It's very, very good looking. The other one is Colorado spruce. I mean, spruce mountains right here, they're covering mountaintops here. You know they adapt well if you want more of a Christmas tree looking kind of, kind of plant. With that, Stephen, we are out of time. Thank you, Lisa, for coming in the studio. We'll be right back after this important message. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. You can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic, with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO. Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables. Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Columbine, and our Purple Twist Plum. This Arizona plum is the ideal purple tree between evergreens. Blooms in a profusion of pink flowers that precede the deep purple foliage. Large enough to use as a front yard tree and behaved enough to use as a street tree. Plant pears flanking gateways, driveways, or an orchard-like rose to screen neighbors. Purple Twist Plum can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So I was, was at a local uh, feed store. A, a, a ranch yard store, big one in town. And uh, they've got rows and rows and rows of plant spikes. So there's a, a fertilizer stick about, I don't know, six, eight inches long. You can hammer into the ground. And the myth is that it will fertilize the landscape, your trees, your shrubs for a year with one spike. That is not true. That, there, no way that happens. So you, or the amount that you'd have to put out there is so crazy that you could never get enough. And so I, I used to be the largest spike dealer in the state. I mean, boxes and bo dozens of boxes of these stakes. We couldn't keep them in stock. And there's different ones, ones for evergreens, ones for flowering trees, ones for shade trees, ones for, and they have different colors. Here's what they really do and how to use them or how not to use them. So they do actually fertilize for a long time in about a foot area around that spike so that they dissolve slowly as you hammer them in. The question is, did you put them in where the roots are growing? Or did you put them in where the that taproot that's running in certain directions, you need to put that fertilizer spike somewhere close 
it can't be close to the trunk of the tree. It's got to be out further where the drip line is. Those are where the feeder roots are. And so you're hammering those in there. And so you just never know, did, you, did I get them in the right place? Do, did I put enough of them in? It's so, there's so many variables. It's just not even worth trying. I mean, maybe throw them in there, but I wouldn't count on that as my main fertilizer for the year, especially. It just doesn't work that way. You're better off taking those and ground, grinding them up, pulverizing them, and then spreading that around the top surface area of that tree, that shrub, that garden bed. And now we've got a fertilizer on top of the soil that can break down every time water or snow kind of activates that. It'll go through that, through the rocks, through the fabric, through the soils where the plant can pick it up. At least now we're able to get, we know that some of that got on to the fertilizer, that some of it got on where the roots really are. You just don't know where the roots are growing underground. If you did, you could get a ray, if you had a an X-ray system where you could drive those stakes into the right place, maybe that would work. But that's not possible. That's not practical. You're better off using an organic plant food that breaks down over a three-month period and sprinkle that over the entire drip line or the outer branch layers of that tree or shrub, you'll get much better uptake, much better health, much better blooms, fragrance, color, depth of, of foliage. It'd be much healthier for the plants if you do it that way. And so we make two fertilizers that do that here for our local gardens and their, their recipes. So fertilizer is like a recipe, like a cookie recipe. Uh, or like a pesto. There's certain ingredients you put in and then, then it just activates. It works with our, with our soil. The plants like certain foods. And so you give them those foods at the right ratios and they just thrive. I mean, it's noticeable. You go, yeah, it's looking a little off color. Oh my gosh. To, oh, look how rich and robust this thing is green. I can't believe the size of those flower buds. My goodness. That's a good plant food you're doing that. And, and not all plant foods are created equal. I'd say don't use spikes. It's too difficult to get them in the ground after it. They're impossible to get in the ground once we dry out. The ground is so hard. It's just hard to drive in. They pulverize underneath your hammer or whatever. Right now, they could work okay. They get in the ground, but I just say, nah, there's better ways to fertilize. I'd say another myth is miracle grow. Uh, probably going to get a cease and assist order because I, I downplayed them, but don't use miracle grow. It does not grow. It doesn't make a flowers the size of your hand. It doesn't do that. I mean, it's all just a marketing myth. My goodness, the amount of dollars they spend to tell, tell us a lie, it's crazy. And it's a salt-based fertilizer. Here in Arizona, at least, if you add that to our water, you're going to double down on the minerals that build up in your soil and clog up the soil. It's not a good food. I would say don't use it up and then don't buy it again. There's so much, there's so many better foods. We, we make a, uh, so I make a, a flower power food. It's water soluble like miracle Grow, but it's not salt based. It doesn't work against you. It helps build up your plants. It works with activates with your water doesn't do more damage than good and then uh, uh, organics i don't think you should be using synthetic fertilizers why are you using a petroleum-based fertilizer and chucking it all over the yard it's just, especially if you're in a well my goodness why you can get that stuff down in your well and drink the stuff 
use organic fertilizers. They break down slower. The plants pick up all of it, so it, none of it's wasted. Whereas most petroleum-based or, or, or like, let's say, uh, uh, your, your chemical-based fertilizers, they burn things. They release so fast. That's why they burn stuff that they mostly wash away. Organic stick stick there. They just they break down, so the plants will take it up as they need it, and then just put it on top of the ground or rocks. I know we have a lot of rock lawns. It will break down slowly, go th trickle through the rocks, go through the fabric, get down to where the roots are over a very long period of time. Most synthetic fertilizers break down over a two, three week period. Organics, two, three month period. Far healthier for your plants. Anyway, that's going back to spikes. I was just stunned at how many spikes were there. Don't use plant spikes. Use an organic plant food that's granular and just spread over the yard. You'll get a much better landscape this year by doing that. Be right back after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Growing up in Prescott, we knew spring was here when my grandmother's lilacs bloomed. I'm Lisa Waters Lane, and my grandma would be thrilled with the new Bloomerang Pink Perfume Lilacs at Waters Garden Center. New peak blooms fill the landscape with fragrance of grandma over and over again in the garden. Mine bloomed three times last year, making spring last well into fall, all for under $25. Lilacs like grandma used to grow, and better. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. In a new place, it's difficult to know who to trust how to get help at the house, and which nursery will simply do what they say they'll do. At Waters Garden Center, we're here to help, in the landscape at least. Our team of plant ambassadors know your neighborhood, the plants that add color, increase privacy, and add fragrance and beauty. And we can show you exactly how to plant locally, or we have teams to do all the work for you. We are Ken and Lisa Lane, and we guarantee our plants will live up to every promise here at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And back in the studio is Lisa Waters Lane. We give this segment just to her to kind of inspire us, to, to tell us that uh, what she's seen in the gardens, out in the yard, out, what, what's going on the, in just in bloomings, fragrance, birds, uh, just kind of what's going on in the gardens. So all about you, my dear. As it should be. As it should be. I can totally <laughs> agree. been 35 years and it's always been all about you. Okay. When it's not about me. <laughs> uh, it's hard to believe we've been married. This is our 35th coming up here pretty quick, right? It's been a long time. It's been a long haul. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Just kidding. Thanks, I would Love do it all too. over again in a flash. Wouldn't even think about it. I'd go, yeah, I'm all in. Let's yeah. do it. This time I want five kids, not just oh, four. Four was really good. Yeah, third, four was one boy, one girl, set of twins. Yeah. That's our family. So, mm -hmm. anyway. And numerous dogs. <laughs> I did find a, a picture. I was going through uh, photos. And I found a picture of our two youngest with Cassie, our very first. You're the two oldest. Uh, two oldest, yeah. With our Cassie, our, our, our first dog we ever had together, mm -hmm. a black lab, 
Pitbull, Munji, kind of just a big black dog that loved kids. Mm -hmm. So she was kinda, wonderful with the kids. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. yeah, I remember bringing her home, and you're like, uh, "What just happened?" You, I didn't really clear. You it. didn't clear. You've never cleared any <laughs> of the dogs with me. What are you, you talking about? You, you didn't even clear the kids with me. <laughs> so anyway, we're having a child. We're having twins. Actually, our good neighbor that I used to babysit his his kids when I was growing up uh, in Wildwood, um, Dr. Schmidt. He he kind of took the uh, the X-rays or the ultrasound and went. You know, you're having twins. You're going. What? No, no, no. <laughs> So it's kind of love a small town because you get everyone knows almost before you do True. what's going on. True. So uh, what what are we talking about guard wise? Enough about us and our and our our dogs exciting life. <laughs> and our neighbors. So, and so let's talk flowers instead. So um, so a lot of, it's spit it out. Dear. Spit trying. it out. <laughs> it's been um, so a lot of perennials. Most of your perennials really love it warmer. Right. So they're more the June, July, right. August before they really get kicking. Uh, but there are a few that do really well in the early spring. So I thought I'd bring a few of those by to show and to encourage people and to get them excited about getting out there and planting. Um, the other great thing about these early spring flowers is they're great for the pollinators. True, yeah. Uh, because they are starting to wake up. The bees are out. Um, there's a few hummingbirds still floating around. I've seen a few moths and butterflies. <clears throat> is that voice going to stay with you or not just kind of like just wavering know. on the edge going, it's about to close. I'll see if I can put the enhanced filter on to kind of make <laughs> you sound more. She's been uh, recovering from uh, allergies, cold or whatever. And yeah. you're finally back after a week. So you, I know, you look but good. The voice is kind of. You don't sound as good as you look. Well, <laughs> I'll show flowers. Yeah, there we go. It's covered. So this one, first one being candy top. Uh, nice sun loving perennial. You can put it right out there in the sun. It's going to be happy. Uh, really cool about this plant is it's actually evergreen. Yeah. So uh, so even when the blooms fade, that vibrant green, dark green color is going to help you off show off your other colors that you plant later, yeah. that bloom later. This it's smells terrible. <laughs> so that's probably why it doesn't get eaten by. This is that's one that true. grows wild out in the in mm -hmm. the forest. You'll see this little green <clears throat> plant about just above ankle high. Yeah. With white flowers on it very early and it holds the flowers for a crazy long it time does. It really so does. it's candy tough is one of those i think every yard should have at least mm -hmm. one because yeah. it's going to stay there in your in your gardens for a long for many many seasons I've to come used them in containers yeah. before to have that color early in the spring and then yeah. i just leave the plant uh, because it's green, so it's filling some space, and I throw some other color in around yep. it. So easily grown in container, perennial beds, gets 12 to 18 inches tall. Probably. Full sun, and then mm -hmm. kick dirt at it. It'll yeah. be happier. It's just like, it's just be right. mean to it. Right. And it will grow. It's just a true native. It's a mm -hmm. native bloomer. doesn't look native, but it is. So, great plant for here. Mm -hmm. Definitely one to think about. Uh, the other one is columbine which is another native plant for up here in the mountains and um, so the columbine comes in blues it comes in yellows this one's yellow and red it comes in yellow and blue um there's i think there's like 50 different varieties of color oh and growing all the time they're always yeah. hibernating or cross-pollinating these so they come out uh -huh. with different colors just funky isn't that pretty my goodness of red with yellow that's crazy mm -hmm. that's not even natural <laughs> and it grows wild here it just it grows wild it's actually uh deer resistant yeah. 
So it's a good one to put in those forests, urban interface areas. It's a great plant to put in there. Um, another long bloomer, it'll also reseed. It'll drop seed and come back from seed the next year. Um, so just a great little plant. This one grows wild in the forest. Our, our native one is yellow. Right. It's like a butter yellow. It's a natural one. So mm -hmm. plants, the animals look at that and go, you know, that's terrible. Don't eat those yellow flowers. They're awful. This one's got that same yellow our native has surrounded in red. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm, I don't know if this deer would eat that or not. I have no idea. Here's one way to find out. Try it and see. Let's see what happens. That's right. For sure, it'll recede and come back from I the roots. I don't know if bother them, you know? No, we've had one out in the front yard. They're, they eat everything else, but not this one. Yeah. So they, they actually nibble on the candy tuft. They took Did the they? flowers off. I think what it is, it's been so cold so long. They're desperate, and they don't have, they're eating things I've never seen them eat before. And so that's why we always say resistive, because if right. there's, anything else they'd rather eat the dirt than eat that they will but but if they're desperate enough before they starve yeah, they're gonna they're try hungry, it they're gonna yeah. try it yeah, yeah. so anyway yeah. columbine mm -hmm. candy tough what else you got the other one i have is not necessarily a perennial but it's one that people love to put in their yards here so this is the california poppy uh, <coughs> excuse me so that's the one everybody's dying to have in the yards. The yeah. wonderful thing about a California poppy is you throw it in your yard and you forget about it. Kick dirt at it. Yeah. Ignore it. Treat it like garbage and it'll, it'll thank you yeah. for that. Yeah, <laughs> So <laughs> the main reason people do these in is because they're trying to baby them. They're yeah, that's right. They're overwatering them, doing all this stuff. But they're, they're truly just one of those really rugged flowers. Um, Going to come back by reseeding. So if you, if you have them in your yard, they're going to bloom longer if you deadhead. But if you deadhead, you're going to lose your seed for the following year. So it's kind of a trade-off. Eventually, I found these reseeds so crazy, you can't deadhead them enough to keep them from reseeding. <laughs> Eventually, you're going you're gonna to blink and, and let it go for a couple of days, and it reseeds just yeah. like that. So, But it will bloom a crazy long time. Mm -hmm. it, it is a perennial that you, you think it's a perennial, but a definition of a perennial it comes back from the same root it, it hibernated from last year. Mm -hmm. This won't come back from this root. It reseeds. So you have, instead of one plant, you've got eight now because right. they're reseeding. They kind of spill across the yard. So you'll see entire mountains filled with this California poppy right. uh, throughout this spring. It'll, it'll be here. It'll be, it'll be a riotous wildflower. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, we have some uh, at the garden center, kind of over by your office in the bed in front. And my goodness, last year I think they crazy. took yeah. over everything else. Yeah. They were too obnoxious. They were getting <laughs> obnoxious. Had to had to weed some out and go. Yeah. Okay, that's enough, guys. You stay here, or gals, just right. you stay here. You yeah. Don't 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 spill outside that border. Yeah, some people get a little frustrated trying to get them going, but once they go, they go. So this one I brought in just the flower. It's actually not a flower. It's a bract. Really? Of it. So this is a gopher plant, Euphorbia. Um, so Ta -da! we have them at the garden center, but the plants are huge, and I didn't want to drag the whole bucket over. <laughs> <laughs> so I cut off a flower. But it is so pretty green. Ours at home is in full bloom. Yep. Uh, and it's just so bright out there in the yard. It's just so pretty. Uh, Evergreen plant, mm -hmm. perennial. I call it gopher plant, and that one plant supposed to keep gophers out of your yard. That is not true, but no. they won't eat this plant. Right. But with that, we're out of time. Go. It's another native oh. plant that okay. kind of goes. So thank you, Lisa, for sharing some of the spring right. blooming, early spring bloomers of spring that you can plant right now here at Waters Garden Center. 
right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are lilac, poppy, purple plums, and our songbird columbine. This graceful beauty dances in the shade of the garden, holding its head high, smiling back at you. This bloomer comes back each spring with lacy green foliage, promptly followed by amazing two-tone flowers. An excellent cut flower that is both deer and rabbit resistant. So hardy, some varieties naturally call Arizona home. Songbird Columbine can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Spring is the best time to be outdoors, garden, and create a personal oasis in your yard. If you don't know where to start, Waters Personal Garden Service allows you to book an hour of one-on-one time with an expert without the crowds. It's easy by phone or through our website. No lines, no waiting. Purchase a $200 gift card and we'll line you up with one of Waters' private gardeners. You're going to love your yard again. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott or at watersgardencenter.com. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. At the beginning of the show, I mentioned a few trees that are in bloom right now, and it'll just get more and more riotous as spring continues. So kind of the the, the purple leaf plums, the ornamental pears or flowering pears, these are, are just pretty trees. They're typically ornamental trees are smaller, so a big shade tree, sycamore, cottonwoods, uh, willows. These are ginormous trees. They get up 70, 80 feet tall. They're, they're huge, bigger, bigger too big they're just too big for most yards uh, but the smaller trees the next set down would be like your maples uh, locusts these are in between these are only 30 40 feet tall so they're they're definitely a step down in size and easier to maintain they're less prone to lift up driveways and lift up stem walls and just kind of their the roots are less mis- mischievous they don't clog up septic fields and that kind of stuff as easy. I mean, don't tempt them, but they just aren't as aggressive. They aren't as big. Their root structure just isn't as large. A large cottonwood takes a very large root system to keep it upright. Well, autumn blaze maples or blaze maples or, or uh, Sienna sunrise, some of these other types of, of ornamental, fl- not necessarily flowering, but, but shade types of plants are less mischievous. Most of your ornamental trees, that is flowering trees, they're shorter. So the tallest ones, I'm trying to think, the very tallest of all of the flowering trees has got to be ornamental pears. They're going to get in that 30-foot range. They're they're half the size of, let's say, a sycamore. Uh, Their roots are not invasive. They just aren't notorious for lifting things up. They're very pretty. Uh, so then you go down from there. Probably the smallest of all of the blooming trees would have to be redbud. In fact, there's a native one called western redbuds that are really small. I, I don't think that thing gets more than 10 feet tall, maybe 12 at the most, kind of vase-shaped. Uh, the eastern redbud, Oklahoma redbud, some of these new variations are more tree-like. 
but on the very short side. So maybe they're instead of 12, they're, they're 15 feet tall. So they're small on the tree scale of things. They're, they're you know, a tenth the size of, let's say, a huge willow tree. And so you got to, and they're pretty. You put them out there as accents. They're ornamental. They're meant to be art pieces. So this year, the, this week at the garden center, the blooming marigolds, not marigolds. Hold on. What is that? Magnolias. There we go. I've been out in the annual house repairing all of the uh, uh, shade structure in the greenhouse. And I think my brain's on vegetables, herbs, and, and annual flowers. Let's make sure we keep them all, all uh, healthy. And so, but, but in the interim, magnolias have bloomed this week big flower they're purple so it's a perfect magnolias everyone thinks of them as that evergreen southern magnolia kind of tree but these are the they're the hardier varieties are deciduous that is they lose their leaves in the winter but they have these humongous brightly colored flowers that I think are nicer than, than even Southern Magnolias. Southern Magnolias, they got that great big glossy green leaf and a pretty, you know, nice white flower. But wouldn't it be nice if you could have it in purple or yellow or pinks? That's what you get with the blooming uh, uh, other varieties of Magnolias. You can plant those right now. You can put them right in the ground. In fact, you'll find a great selection right now. Whereas in a month after all these trees start to bloom, we'll start to run out. It's not like you just go get more. It took me seven years to grow these magnolias. That's going to take, so I got crop rotations, but when that crop from seven years ago, when it's gone, there aren't any more. That's it. And so you want to grab those things while you can, because they will be gone, especially as people go, I've been wondering what that thing was in blue. Oh my gosh, I want one of those. There's this tidal wave of customers that come in all at once that, that want Want to, want to plant one of those in their yard. You've got a great selection right now because right now what we're seeing at the garden center, uh, it's just the gardeners. Those folks that love being outdoors, they don't care about the weather. Gardeners, are they love fancy hats. They love brightly colored gloves and the weather does not bother them. They're going to be outside and do something in the yard. They need dirt under their fingernails. Those, they're the people at the garden centers right now. As soon as we see this wave of blooms come and, and the weather gets about another five degrees warmer, everyone will be at the garden center. I mean, it's just like this, this huge push. Everyone wants in. So and that's when you start to see crop rotation. It's these, these different plants will, will run out. I might have a magnolia, but it'll be only the five-gallon size, so the 15. Or I'll have, uh, I'll have apple trees, but I won't have all... 30 varieties. I only have, you know, Honeycrisp and Galas and Red Delicious. You'll have less choices or less sizes available. So right now, another interesting tidbit that we're seeing, something that's unusual that's happening this year, I've never seen before. I've been doing this 31 years, never seen this. And so we're seeing this rush of everyone wants a, a sustainable or backyard orchard. They want to eat from the backyard. They want grapes and berries and fruit trees. I think herbs are going to be big this year. I think vegetables are going to be bigger. People are, I think this is inflation driven where they're going, dang, I could probably grow my own apples for less than that. And people are just planting, not just a shade tree. They want a shade tree that produces 
cherries for them or has apricots for them. They want it to be able to harvest stuff. So it's a marked, it's like double digit or beyond double digit increase in volume. In fact, we're trying to keep up. So we didn't see it coming. We thought, oh, it's going to be the last, like the last couple of years. The computers say, order this many. And so that's what you go. And we we grab them, we tag them, we, we mark them in the field. We go, yeah, we want that one and that. We hand pick those trees. And so we go, okay, we got enough. Perfect. Let's bring on spring. We ship them down. And then you're going, oh my gosh, we didn't see that coming. You try to react. We're trying to plug more uh, or, or, or uh, root some more tomato plants. We just, there's not going to, if this trend holds, the computer models weren't accurate. And so we're going to need more. So we're trying to, we've got about six weeks where we can just, we're plugging like crazy. We need, need like 300 more trying to get more in. So it's interesting. Every year is something a little different. You just can't tell. The beautiful thing is I think this is going to be a blockbuster. I mean, it's going to wow people. Uh, the the amount of fruit that will come off the trees. Last year we had a frost that took that took the fruit from us. So there was a few a few apples, a few pears. It was pretty weak. That frost took them and just didn't allow them to fruit. So those trees, all the fruit trees, had a chance to rest. And so the way fruit trees work, one year it's like blockbuster fruit. Oh my gosh, I don't know. We don't have enough cans to per, to can all this stuff. The dryer's going 24-7. Oh my gosh, we can't make enough leathers. And then all of a sudden, it, the next year it kind of is weak. doesn't have as much. The next year it kind of goes really big. So fruit trees have this natural really big production, lower, big, lower. Last year was a no production. So I think it's going to be... Hang on. If, if the frost doesn't get it. Also, the frost, this cold, we've got a, a nice, slow warm-up. So this is what we need to have a, trees wake up a little later. And so they'll produce fruits and flowers a little later. And so we this, this instead of a violent, it's warm, it's cold, it's warm, it's snowing, it's warm, it's cold, that freaks plants out. Fruit trees don't like that. They would rather just have it be slow, warming up it's still cold okay it's a little bit warmer okay it's it's five degrees warmer this week than last week they love that and so that sets that tees those plants up so that they have this perfect season for really good i think it's going to be over the top i'm kind of excited about it actually if you're thinking about putting fruit trees in now's the time once everyone starts seeing those fruits starting to form they're going yeah i want one of those too and there's this big wash it's like everyone all at once wants trees. And so we're trying to keep up. Last year, we ran out of apricots. We could not find another one. There, there was a shortage. We just couldn't get enough. This year, we've got plenty. So you try to compensate. That's part of that. It's trying to guesstimate. You're using computer, computer models and just 30 years of experience. And you go up and talk to farmers and you're trying to pick off the best stuff. And you put your best guess forward. But every year is a little different. The good thing is we haven't seen bugs yet. That's that's kind of that's another good thing. It makes the fruit trees grow up, uh, wake up a little slower, and it makes the the bugs wake up slower too. Multiple benefits. Okay, we got more, but I got to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Look, 
If your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. There's nothing like tomatoes picked fresh from your garden. Waters Mountain Tomato Collection are varieties proven to produce and thrive. Heirlooms, beefsteaks, cherries, naturally grown for local success. Completely organic, never genetically altered, and utterly delicious. They're ready for your garden now. You can grow your own this spring, and we can help. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. If you are planting now, and I encourage it, especially flowers. Things are so boring right now. They're brown. They're just, they need something. Those pots are just empty. The flower beds are just barely the things are barely sprouting up they need some help if you're planting let's say it's some ornamental kale pansies violas snapdragons all those early spring you could plant all of those right now strawberries you could put the lettuce spinach all those things right now if you're planting make sure you get a bottle a bag some sort of fertilizer and i'm trying to get my clients that i'm helping right now get some flowers a cartload of flowers big hanging baskets we've got those in now if you're getting some of those get a bottle of flower power water soluble fertilizer flower power is going to keep those blooms going and go keep some forcing new growth so they've got active new growth right now they've They've decided to go, I'm going to bloom. Keep that bloom cycle going. And so especially early spring season, it's important. So fertilize them every a couple times a month. Put some of this, a couple scoops in your watering can and water things in and they will be happy. Oh, you'll get more fruits, bigger strawberries, more flowers, bigger uh, mammoth pansies. Uh, you'll, you'll get better gardens especially in your containers and raised beds. So just a little insider tip. My name's Ken. We're just friends. We're, we're neighbors talking over the back fence. And this is some things that I'm doing. I think that's really going to up your game. We'll go over some of that with this weekend's garden class. So, so this weekend it's peonies, how to grow perennial peony. They do really well here in the mountains of Arizona. As long as you don't as long as they drain, as long as you don't overwater them, they're so, so deep-rooted. Did you know that perennials are the longest-lived, or one of the longest-lived perennials that you can plant in the gardens? They're there for decades. Literally, they'll just keep going and going for decades. They're going to outlive you. They're like parrots. They just out, they live for decades. Make sure they have them in your will because you're going to pass them on to your kids. So that's how to grow those and get the most enjoyment, the different types of peonies. Next week, it's on the shrubs that are similar. So they're lilacs. How do you grow lilacs? And they're one of the longest living per, uh, perennial shrubs you can put out there in the yard. They, they, they live for decades. They can consistently give you bloom after bloom after bloom. 
in spring. So how do you get more fragrance? What are the best varieties? Where do you place them in the gardens, out in the landscapes? These Some of these are very large plants. Some are very short. Depends on which variety that you're putting in. Uh, next week, that's lilac. So we switch a little bit next week. So starting April 7th, we go to 3 o'clock on Friday afternoons. So we just change it up a little bit. It's been 9.30 on Saturdays. We're going to go to 3 p.m. on Friday. It's just because our facility just won't handle a class of 50 students plus another 50 gardeners here shopping for whatever so we go to the afternoon it's kind of a, it's just we can we can accommodate more folks and not be pressured to get you out of here faster to frip the parking lot it just it's parking lot management really so three o'clocks again that's available on our website watersgardencenter.com at the very you'll just see a big classes button just hit that it'll tell you all about them what the classes are the week after that i think that's the 14th it's a big one There'll be 100 students here. It'll be vegetables and herbs, how to grow them, what to grow them, what's the date on them, how do you get the most out of them. So if you're thinking about planting an herb or vegetable garden this spring, join that class. That'll be the third Saturday, third Friday in, in uh, I think it's the 14th, in April. So it keeps going. Next week, I'm going to dedicate a portion of this show to growing better herbs. We live in an area that grows some of the best herbs in the country. We don't get this. They love bright days, cool nights. They don't get the disease. They like the dryness, the brightness. This has got everything. Our gardens have everything herbs love. Uh, so we'll go over how to have the best. And there's nothing like fresh herbs right from the garden. They're amazing. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We're available most days answering questions, and we love talking to fans of the show. Until next week. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Columbine, and our Purple Twist Plum. This Arizona plum is the ideal purple tree between evergreens. Blooms in a profusion of pink flowers that precede the deep purple foliage. Large enough to use as a front yard tree and behaved enough to use as a street tree. Plant pairs flanking gateways, driveways, or an orchard-like rose to screen neighbors. Purple Twist Plum can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.